Our scripture reading this morning is from Matthew chapter 1. We'll be reading verses 18 and following. The first part of this chapter, as you know, gives us the genealogy of Christ, which is certainly significant in showing us that all of the Old Testament prepared for and pointed ahead to the coming of Jesus, the Savior from sin, concerning whom we will read in our text and what we will be considering in Lord's Day 11. Let's read now Matthew 1, verses 18 through 25. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. And Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. As far as we read the Word of God, and it's on the basis of that passage of Scripture and all of the Word of God, that we receive instruction in Lord's Day 11 of the Heidelberg Catechism concerning the name Jesus. So let's read now Lord's Day 11. Questions and answers 29 and 30. Why is the Son of God called Jesus, that is, a Savior? Answer, because he saveth us, and delivereth us from our sins, and likewise, because we ought not to seek, neither can find salvation in any other. And then question 30, do such then believe in Jesus, the only Savior, who seek their salvation and welfare of saints, of themselves, or anywhere else? They do not, for though they boast of him in words, yet in deeds they deny Jesus, the only deliverer and Savior. For one of these two things must be true, either that Jesus is not a complete Savior, or that they who by a true faith receive this Savior must find all things in him necessary to their salvation.
confession, beloved, that you and I make in the Apostles' Creed, and the confession that is being explained here in Lord's Day 11 is this, I believe in Jesus. And that's seemingly a very simple and straightforward confession. I believe in Jesus. The trouble is, there are many who think that that, that that is a very simple confession to make. The popular thinking is that that's all that one needs to believe and to confess. One does not need to believe other things. And certainly it is, and that's what they say, certainly it's not necessary to believe a body or a system of doctrine. Simply believe in Jesus. That's enough. That's all. It's really quite simple, according to them, to be a Christian. I believe in Jesus. That's all. Well, this Lord's Day itself, beloved, shows us that even this seemingly brief and simple confession concerning Jesus has a lot to it. And there's a lot in it. It involves believing much truth and it involves believing much sound doctrine concerning him. The one who sincerely says, I believe in Jesus, says, I believe that he is God. And I believe that he saves. And I believe that he saves from sin. From sin. And I believe that he is the only Savior. And I believe that he is the complete Savior from sin. And I must seek all of my salvation only in him. In no one else. And in nothing else. Only in him. And if you don't confess that, then as this Lord's Day points out, you do not believe in Jesus. If you don't confess all of that, then you deny Jesus. If you don't confess all of that, then you deny that he is the only Savior and the only Deliverer and you have no salvation in him. And you recognize, of course, in that the polemics that are set forth in Lord's Day 11. And that polemics is very timely. And that polemics is very timely because there are many who are wrong 
concerning who Jesus is and wrong concerning what Jesus does. They have a false Jesus. They have a Jesus who cannot save. And over against that and in contrast to that, this Lord's Day sets forth the true Jesus Christ, the Savior from sin. A very basic and a very fundamental truth of the gospel, but a very necessary truth for us to know properly, to believe, and to confess. And so we consider this Lord's Day under the theme, Believing in Jesus the Savior. And we'll notice three things, our Savior from sin, our only and complete Savior, and seeking salvation only in Him. We begin this morning, beloved, with Matthew 1, verse 21. This word of God, spoken through the angel of God, God declaring this, thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. It's a very brief verse, is it not? And yet that brief verse mentions many things concerning Jesus. That verse mentions that this name is a God-given name to him. And being a God-given name, it is a name that expresses who he is and what he does. And what does it express? It expresses that he is Jehovah, salvation. And then the text itself spells out what he does. What does he do? He saves. He's not simply an example For people to follow, he is a savior. And what does he save from? He saves from sins. He's not the savior from all kinds of other things merely, but he's the savior from sin. And whom does he save? He saves his people from their sins. He doesn't save all men. He only saves some men. He only saves those who are his people. He only saves those who are given to him, for him to save, the elect of God. And the text also expresses the certainty of all this. He shall save his people. Not merely that he will try to save them, and not merely that he will make salvation available for them if they want it, but he will accomplish that salvation. And the reason that he will accomplish that salvation of his people from their sins 
is because of who he is. He is Jesus. He is Jehovah salvation. He is divine. He is God. He will save his people from their sin. Having said that, beloved, we may think, well, it seems that we're simply stating the obvious here. And we could very well say that we are. But nevertheless, it needs to be stated. And the obvious needs to be stated concerning Jesus because many deny this concerning him. They don't want this kind of Savior. They don't want a Savior who saves from sin. In fact, that was the case already when the Lord Jesus Christ was on this earth. They wanted him to be many other things instead of a Savior from sin. They wanted him to be a judge among men. They wanted him to settle family disputes. They wanted him to be the one to divide the inheritances amongst the members of a family. They wanted him to be the source of physical and earthly things for them. They wanted him to provide earthly bread for them. They wanted him to provide earthly blessings and gifts for them. They wanted him to be the one to give physical healing from all their sicknesses and pains and suffering in life. And they wanted him to be a political leader, an earthly king, to set up an earthly kingdom and to be a mighty king on a mighty horse ruling from a mighty throne so that he could overthrow the rule of the Romans over them. They didn't want him as the Savior from sin. And that's still true today. There are many that look to Jesus for other things. They desire him to be a savior from anything and everything except sin. They want him to be a savior from social evils. They want him as a savior from racism and from crime and from discrimination and from diseases and from war. They want him to be a savior from political evils. They want him to save them from terrorism and from communism and from corruption in government and from oppressive rulers. And they want him to be a savior from economic problems, a savior from poverty, a savior from unemployment, a savior from capitalism. And so Jesus is presented by many a church today even as the great problem solver in this world. He will make the world a better place to live in. He will make the world a safer place to live in. He will be the one to fix up this world. 
He will be the one who will give those who believe in him earthly happiness, earthly success, and earthly ease in life. They don't want a savior from sin. But over against this stands the truth of Scripture, as that truth is summarized here in the Heidelberg Catechism, and that is this. He is our savior from sin. That's what his name points to. That was his work in coming to this earth. That's why he came. That's why he died on the cross. And that's what he accomplished by his death on the cross. And that is the all-important thing that matters more than anything else of all the things that we need and all the things that we might desire in life. This is what we need. Jesus to save us from sin. And as we said, many today do not teach that concerning him. And the reason for that is simply because they do not take sin seriously. They downplay sin. Sin is not that big a deal. Sin is not even called sin anymore. They don't see that man's greatest misery is his sin. And so they think that the great problems in this world are such things as disease and poverty and war and sickness and death. Not sin. And they don't even see, they will not see, they will not acknowledge that the root cause of all these other evils and problems in life is sin itself. Nor will they see and acknowledge that God is in all his hand in this creation, in all the judgments that he brings upon mankind, in all the diseases and poverty and sickness and war and distress that mankind experiences. God is justly judging man for sin. They don't want a Jesus who saves from sin. And the fundamental reason why they don't want a Jesus who saves from sin is because that requires admitting sin. And they don't want to say that. They don't want to say, I'm a sinner. They don't want to say, I need Jesus to save from sin. Why would you do that? Why would you say that? And so man rejects Jesus as the Savior from sin. But the child of God 
has no problem confessing the truth concerning Jesus. That's not true of us by nature. By nature, then, we are no different from anyone else. And then we don't want to admit sin and our need of a Savior from sin. But by God's grace, we take sin seriously. And by God's grace, we take our own sins seriously. And by God's grace, the child of God says, I know my depravity. I know that I am prone by nature to hate God and my neighbor. And I know and I see my sins, my sinful thoughts and my sinful words and my sinful desires and my sinful actions that I commit every day. And I know that I may not make any excuses for my sin. I may not say, well, I couldn't help it, or that I was simply a victim of my circumstances. That's why I did that. I may not say that. But I admit my guilt before God. I sin against heaven. I sin against God when I sin. And God has every right to punish me for my sin. And God has every right to punish me eternally for my sin. What do I need? More than anything else, more than health, and more than income, and more than a happy marriage, and more than children, and more than pleasures in this life, this is what I need. I need Jesus Christ to save me from my sin. And the word of the gospel is, that's what he does. That's who he is. That's what he accomplishes. He saves you from the greatest evil, your sin. And he makes you a partaker of the highest possible good. He saves you from sin. He saves you from the wrath of God. He saves you from hell and from damnation. He saves you from the eternal fires of the wrath of God in hell. He saves you from eternal weeping and gnashing of teeth. He removes from you and from me the wrath of God. And he removes that wrath of God already now from us so that even the evils that we experience in this life, which are the results of sin, Sickness and pain and sorrow and affliction and trials and suffering and death are not punishments for sin. Because he has saved us from sin, the favor of God rests upon us in all those things. Because he saves us from sin, 
the wrath of God is removed and the sting is removed from those things. And because he saves us from sin, he provides for us the greatest possible good. And what is that? Eternal fellowship with God in glory. Nothing could be better than that. Nothing. Because he saves us from sin, we will live eternally in heaven with an end to all sorrow and an end to all pain and an end to all tears. Because he saves us from sin, we will have joy unspeakable, and we will be filled with the glory of God. Jesus, our Savior from sin. But notice, secondly, beloved, that This Lord's Day also mentions that he is our only and our complete Savior. Notice that in these statements in Lord's Day 11, Jesus is the only Deliverer and Savior. And then it states too, he is a complete Savior. And then it adds that we find all things in him necessary to our salvation. And this Lord's Day emphasizes that he is the only and the complete Savior by pointing out the seriousness of not seeking salvation only in him. The Lord's Day strongly condemns seeking some or seeking all of one's salvation elsewhere. And it's obvious from question and answer 30 of this Lord's Day that what the Catechism has in mind especially is Roman Catholicism. Criticizing the errors of Rome. Do such then believe in Jesus, the only Savior, who, and now this description of the Roman Catholics, who seek their salvation and welfare of saints, of themselves, or anywhere else. That describes, in addition to Roman Catholicism, also Arminianism. Seeking salvation of themselves, or anywhere else. And we certainly must be fair in our representation of Roman Catholicism. And that means this, beloved, the Roman Catholic Church does not deny sin in their theology. Nor does the Roman Catholic Church deny 
that one needs salvation from sin. Nor does the Roman Catholic Church deny that Jesus saves from sin. That is, they do not replace him altogether. But what the Roman Catholic Church does is that it says that the Lord Jesus Christ does not do all of it. If we were to represent what the Roman Catholic Church teaches in terms of Matthew 1 verse 21, then the Roman Catholic Church teaches this concerning Jesus. Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he, with the help of others, with the help of saints, and with the help of the church, and with the help of the priests, and with the help of the saints, and with the help of you yourself, he, with all of that help of others, will save people from their sin. That's a lie. And that's a damning lie. And that's a damning lie, as this Lord's Day points out, because anyone who seeks salvation in any of those ways is seeking salvation from men, and seeking salvation from men who are themselves sinners, seeking salvation from men and women who are themselves totally depraved sinners, who can do nothing to save anyone from sin. And the condemnation of that is pointed out very sharply in this Lord's Day because it says, those who seek salvation in any of those ways will not find salvation, will not be saved. Sounds awful, but that's true. Because they deny Jesus as the only and the complete Savior. The truth of the gospel that we confess is Jesus is our only and our complete Savior. And he is our only and our complete Savior, first of all, because he accomplished salvation completely for us. What did he do? He did all the work that needed to be done in order for us to be saved from sin. He came into this world. He humbled himself. He humbled himself from birth to death. And he took upon himself the curse that was due to us. And he took upon himself all of the sin that we committed, past, present, and future sin. The sins of all of the elect. And loading himself with all of that sin, and loading himself with all 
that that sin deserves under the just judgment of the holy God of heaven and earth, he went to the cross with it all. And there on the cross, he endured the wrath of God for all those sins. And there on the cross, he was forsaken by God. And there on the cross, he went to hell for us. And he accomplished victory. Victory over sin and victory over the devil and victory over eternal death for us. He destroyed the power of the enemy to destroy us. He accomplished all of salvation for us. And in doing so, he saved us from every aspect of sin. He has saved you and me from original sin, and he has saved us from actual sin. He has saved you and me from the guilt of sin and from the pollution of sin. He has saved you and me from the punishment of sin. He has saved you and me from the power of sin. And he has saved us from the shame of sin. He has saved us from the sins of youth. He has saved us from presumptuous sins. He has saved us from secret sins. There's no stone of sin that has been left unturned by the Lord Jesus Christ. A complete salvation from sin. And he is a complete Savior because he also works that salvation from sin in you and me. In us. Not a Savior who merely makes salvation available and leaves it up to you and me to get it if we want it, as Arminianism teaches. Not a Savior who does so much and then we have to add to it, as Roman Catholicism teaches. But a Savior who by His Spirit enters your heart and saves you with it. A Savior who by His Spirit regenerates and works faith and gives to you the experience and the assurance and the joy of the forgiveness of sins that He has attained for you. A Savior who sanctifies you and me. A Savior who preserves us in our salvation. A Savior who comforts our hearts by the gospel. And through faith. And a Savior who also gives you the desire and the power to live a new life before Him. A life in which you hate sin. A life in which you humble yourself before God on account of your sins daily. And a life in which you strive to obey the commandments of God in thankfulness and out of gladness and joy 
for what he has done for you and in you. Jesus, our Savior, leaves nothing unfinished for us. His saving work is complete. There is nothing you or I need to add to what he has done. And that's a good thing. Because we cannot add anything to it. And therefore... Our salvation is absolutely sure and certain. Not because of us, but because of the Savior that God has provided through His Son, Jesus, our complete and only Savior. Jesus is all, or He is nothing. Jesus is our only Savior, or He is no Savior at all. Jesus is our complete Savior, or He is no Savior at all. Christ is everything, and man is nothing. That's the gospel concerning Jesus, our Savior from sin. This Lord's Day, by implication, points out that we have a calling. The gospel call comes to us. And that gospel call, that gospel admonition, that gospel command comes to us, first of all, through this truth, first of all, negatively. Negatively, the command of the gospel to us this morning is, don't seek your salvation or welfare in saints. And don't seek your salvation or welfare in yourself either, or anywhere else. If you do, then you deny Jesus. And if you do, you will not find any salvation. And then positively, seek your salvation in Jesus alone. Believe and trust in him. For in him and in him alone are all things necessary for our salvation. Acts 4 verse 12, neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. And so the word of God to you and to me this morning, beloved, is believe in Jesus and believe in him alone for salvation. And in believing in Jesus and in him alone for salvation, seek salvation from him for your sin. For your sin. Don't simply run 
to Jesus Christ and run to God in prayer for salvation merely from the miseries and the sickness and sorrow and worry and suffering of this life. Yes, we seek that from God. He gives grace to be able to bear those things and to deal with those things. He alone can give us that grace. But he doesn't promise to rescue us already from all of those things, which are the results of sin. One day he will, but only when sin is totally removed. And that will only be totally removed through your death. Through your death. Seek from Jesus the one thing that is your greatest need. Your greatest need. Salvation from sin. The grace of God makes you see that. The grace of God makes you confess that. The grace of God at work in you makes you realize the seriousness of sin and makes you understand that sin, my sin, is the root cause of all the other miseries and sorrows and troubles in this life. And so not, not one day should go by in which you do not seek Jesus Christ. Not one day should go by in which you do not pray and meditate and confess your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Seeking salvation from Christ means seeking all of your salvation in him. Don't seek salvation elsewhere. Don't be one who, as it were, gives up on Jesus Christ and decides instead to turn to self-help books or to put confidence in men or to determine with great resolve to help yourself with sin and all its shame and guilt and consequences. Jesus alone. Seek him. And do not try, as we certainly are also tempted to do, do not try to do even a little bit yourself. Not even less than 1%. That's hopeless. We cannot pacify the wrath of God. We cannot atone. We cannot earn his favor. It's impossible. 
The Hardaway Catechism says, we cannot find salvation in ourselves. Jesus alone. By faith, which is knowledge and confidence, we seek the Lord Jesus Christ in confidence too. There is no case that is hopeless for the Lord Jesus Christ. There is not one of his sinful people whom he cannot save. You and I may feel at times very unworthy. Very unworthy. And you may think that your sins are too many and too great. Especially the repetition of them. And you may think that you are so deep and so deeply involved and so deeply entrenched in a sin that it is impossible to be delivered and impossible to be forgiven and impossible to change. But you understand, beloved, to say that or to think that is to deny the power of Jesus Christ. To say that or to think that is tantamount to concluding that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is too weak and too powerless to save me. That would be an insult to him. To him who is Jehovah and to him who is mighty to save his people from their sin. And so we may seek him in confidence. And he does not reject the contrite heart of those who by his grace seek him and him alone. So may this be our confession. I believe in Jesus. I believe he is my Savior. I believe he is my Savior from sin. <clears throat> I believe he is my only and my complete Savior from sin. He has done and he continues to do it all. My trust and confidence is in him. And my praise and my thanks is to God. Amen. O Father in heaven, we give thee thanks and praise. Thou hast provided thy own Son as our Savior from sin to deliver us from our greatest misery, and to provide for us the greatest blessing, a place in heaven, a place in glory, and in the fellowship of thee, our God, forever and forever. Thanks be to thee, 
O God, for thy unspeakable gift through Christ and for the salvation that we enjoy in him and through him. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.